Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unwokable Podcast. I have an interesting interview for you today. Today, I'm interviewing Clay Clark. Clay is the founder of Thrive 15 and the constant wallet-losing former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. He's been described by the folks at Yahoo as the Jim Carrey of entrepreneurship. He was the Metro Chamber of Commerce Entrepreneur of the Year at age 20 and the U.S. Chamber National Ribbon Quality Award winner at age 27. As the result of his Tyler's tenacity and honey badger work ethic, he's been able to found co-found several multi-million dollar businesses, including DJ Connection, Elephant in the Room, Men's Grooming Lounge, EpicPhotos.com, MakeYourLifeEpic.com, etc., while finding time to produce five children. Now, Clay is an interesting person. And I want to say on the outset, I don't know if I agree with everything that Clay says, but I tell you this, I sure enough have, I I sure enough believe in his right to say whatever he wants to say. What I will say about this interview is that he presents some really verifiably interesting information that should not be dismissed out of hand because people try to pejorativize him and put him in a certain group or because he wants to hear the voices of people who have been deplatformed, like General Flynn or Alex Jones or James Lindsay or many other more reputable people. So I present this interview today because I think Clay has a lot of information to give. I think that his perspective is valuable, just like anyone else's. And obviously, he's a successful person. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. Give us some feedback. And of course, like, subscribe to Unwokable on YouTube, the Unwokable podcast, on Rumble, on Twitter, on Facebook. All of that would be very appreciated. Thank you very much and enjoy this interview with Clay Clark. Thank you for being here, Clay. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Um, you have your hands in a lot of different things. You're an entrepreneur. You seem to be running around politically. What is it that you're wanting to bring into the world today? What's what's your message? Well, I don't want to get you un, uh, banned from anything today. So I'll <laughs> this guy right here, his name is Klaus Schwab. Okay, mm-hmm. and Klaus Schwab started this thing the called the World Economic Forum in 1971, per the recommendation of Henry Kissinger. Yeah. that America got off the gold standard in 1971. By the way, Henry Kissinger told America to get off the gold standard as well. So that's uh, Klaus Schwab. He actually wrote a book about it called The Great Reset. So he has a book mm-hmm. about it called The Great Reset, and he gets together at Davos annually where they have a meeting about The Great Reset or the World Economic Forum agenda. And uh, we have these events, we as in Mike Lindell and General Flynn, Eric Trump, um, people like yourself that, that basically love our country. And we get together and we talk about reawakening America. So they talk about taking us further away from our constitutional principles and moving us into a globalist agenda. And we talk about how to go return back to the principles that made America great. And that's that's kind of the, the difference. It's the great reawakening versus the great reset. How would the everyday American be seeing the great reset in their everyday life? Okay, well, let me just give you an example. So um, they have a top advisor for the World Economic Forum, and he is his name is Yuval Noah Harari. This is Yuval Noah uh-huh. Harari. And the great thing about the Great Reset, there's very few great things about it, but the great thing is that they actually will tell you out loud their plans. So at the um, Athens Democracy Forum, whatever that means, this was hosted by the New York Times. 
they asked the question to Yuval Noah Harari. And on the New York Times, this is this is still you can find it right now on YouTube, not censored. They said, how will the Great Reset impact the lives of the average person? And this is what he said out loud. Listen to this. Well, I think maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. Again, so there's three components. And if anybody will to go to timetofreeamerica.com, timetofreeamerica.com, mm-hmm. uh, I have everything laid out there, and it's all cited and all sourced so everybody can do the research. But there's three key elements to the Great Reset. There's, you know, the, one could argue there's thousands, but I'm just going to focus on three. One is they want us to move into a central bank digital currency that's programmable. So in the way that you can turn on or off someone's YouTube account based upon the words they say, or you can turn on or off Kanye West's bank account based upon the words he says or the values he has, they want to do that with all money. So they want to be able to turn off. It's called central bank digital currency. It's programmable. You can turn it on or off. Uh, The U.K., uh, Rishi Sunak, the new prime minister of the U.K., his father-in-law developed most of the technology that the World Economic Forum pushes there. That's plan number one. Plan number two is they want to put us into what I would call medical tyranny, where essentially you have to comply with lockdowns, quarantines, curfews, that whole thing. And the third is they want to take us into a a godless or a post-God world where you no longer acknowledge um, God and you move into a a globalist worldview where they actually have agreed now. I mean, Yuval Noah Harari said it last night on the James Corden show. I'm not exaggerating this at all. He said this out loud on the James Corden show. He said this may be the last presidential election, referring to 2024, that America will ever have. Uh, they want to move us into what he calls as a digital dictatorship. And these are actual words that he says out loud. I- when they're saying it themselves, yeah. right? How do we combat the narrative that all of this is insane? You know, because uh, or that you are some kind of right wing nut, or I'm some kind of left wing plant, or you know, because I, I get both, honestly. So how, how do we combat that uh, other than showing them exactly what's out there on the record? Well, I try to share, you know, facts. And so, again, I, I, I mentioned this. I said the one great thing or bad thing about the Great Reset is that they tell you out loud. So last night, you know, James Corden is considered to be a, a pretty mainstream show. This is late night television. And he said this last night. I want people to listen to the words he says out loud. Listen to this. There is a chance. It's not a big chance, but there is a chance that the, the next presidential election would be the last democratic election in U.S. history. Money is probably the most successful story ever told. And money, again, it's just a story we invented. It's not, it doesn't have any objective value. And he's going on talking about how we need to move past elections, potentially. He actually says that, di- that dictatorships, this is Yuval here, he says mm-hmm. that dicta- dictatorships are more efficient than democracies. Listen to this. The revolution in information technology will make dictatorships more efficient than democracies. So I uh, have a unique perspective. And by the way, open invitation to you uh, and to Mm -hmm. your attendees, but to you specifically, if you want to come to the Reawaken Tour, I'll get you a backstage pass. We'll treat you like royalty, no charge. You can set up a media booth and you can interview these people. But but, I mean, if you just go to to timetofreeamerica.com forward slash revelation and you just read the patents, Mm -hmm. go to to timetofreeamerica.com and 
forward slash revelation and read the patents. So I'm sitting down there. And again, this is at the last Reawaken America tour we did. And for anybody out there that doesn't know this, I want to hammer this because the mainstream media uh, miscommunicates this intentionally. For our events, you can name your price. You know, so we're going to Branson next next Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you can pay whatever they want to pay. And we're going to have 72 speakers over two days. Doors open at 6 a.m. It starts today. You can pay whatever you want to pay. Okay. Contrast that to the World Economic Forum. We have to pay millions of dollars to get into these events. But anyway, you go to our events, and I invite the mainstream media. So today I'll be doing an interview with The Economist. Um, and again, you never know when these shows come out. But, you know, The Washington right. Post. Um, I did an interview with The Washington Post at the last event. Uh, NPR. Uh, we've done Associated Press. I mean, all of them. And mm-hmm. I sit down with the reporters, and they say to me, Click Clark, why are you? This is the statement they say. They put the mic out. They say, mm-hmm. why are you a white, think about this, a white Christian nationalist? That was the question asked by the media. And I said, <laughs> well, if we look at it, um, one is I'm white, I think because of lack of pigmentation. I think that's yeah, right. yeah. Um, And then second, as far as Christian, that's because I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And a nationalist, I think it's because I'm not a globalist. So I think that's why you would, if you want to do that. And then they say, well, you are a science denier. And I say, well, let me, let me play. And I have these clips. I keep these near me. I don't, I've said, listen, this is your guy. This is the top. Uh, this is Yuval Noah Harari. And he's saying this out loud. I want you to listen to what he says about science. Listen to this. I think the chief value of science is power. Science is mainly about gaining power, gaining power over the world. They use truth to some extent on the way to achieving power. He just says this out loud. The only hope that I have for our country um, is that I, I uh, know that nine out of 10 Americans have stopped watching CNN, according to all data that, that I can find. Uh, that there's a, there's a, there's a, appears to be a, str- a solid uh, truth that the vast majority of Americans no longer view, watch CNN. The second thing that I, I, I put faith in or hope in or I believe in, I, I believe in Jesus, but I mean promising things I'm seeing is according to Gallup, for the first time in over 20 years, more Americans identify as being conservative as opposed to being Democrat. That's a, that's a fact. The third is, you know, Parler appears to be in the hands of Kanye West or will be soon. Uh, Elon Musk, who I do not agree with the technology developed by Elon Musk. I'm not a fan of Neuralink, which connects brains to computer computers. I'm not a big fan of OpenAI, which is an, an AI organization that, Bill, Get, that uh, Bill Gates has funded and Elon Musk has founded. I'm not a big fan of uh, CureVac, the mRNA manufacturing facility that Elon Musk has. I'm not a fan of self-driving cars that you can turn on or off based upon somebody's adherence to a social narrative. But Elon Musk appears to be in charge of uh, Twitter as of hours ago, Uh and he's banning anybody who was banned. We'll see if that actually happens. And then you have President Donald J. J. Trump in charge of Truth Social. So I believe that you're seeing um, things that were uh, deemed conspiracy theories, you know, 10 years ago are being Uh facts now. And now we're into a place where it appears to be what was deemed a conspiracy theory, you know, say six months ago, is now deemed to be a fact now. So you're starting to see the exposure of the lies happening mm-hmm. at a faster rate. And that, to me, is uncur- it, it, very encouraging. You know, if you, you go historically, you had communism led to the rise of Nazism, right? I mean, you, you had this, oh, it was kind of a response. Now, I think they have very much in common. You know, national socialists were socialists, right? Uh, they, everybody wants to call them nationalists, but uh, they, they had communistic tendencies. Do you have any fear that there could be a, a overcorrection 
because uh, this is what I see people talking about uh, Elon Musk, for example, because you're not a you have some of the same worries I might have about him. And and but he's kind of under the banner of, you know, know, the reaction to the woke movement and the woke takeover Twitter and all of that. Do you have any concern that we're going to that? the right is going to flock to a person like Elon Musk or other people in that same vein and end up following down the same road. Probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked on the show. And I do, I, mean, I do, you know, 30, 40 interviews a week. Yeah. Best questions I've ever heard. Um, so I'll just react to that for a second. The amygdala is the emotional processing center of the human brain. It's like the almond sized portion of the brain. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is I right now, I uh, just got off the phone before we did our interview today because I did an interview, and then I did a phone call, and then I did an interview, all right? Mm-hmm. And the phone call that I had right before our interview was very pleasant and very kind. It was somebody in the patriot movement that was expressing appreciation. So I jumped from that pleasant call into our conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that flavors the way that I, I interact or the way I think a little bit because I'm not a robot. I have a positive outlook on the day because of that. Um, then the call before that call, somebody told me that Jimmy Kimmel was uh, mocking the Reawaken America tour. And I also process, process that as a positive thing because I know of the uh, I, I know that Jimmy Kimmel is, is a person that opposes that which we believe. So I, anyway, mm-hmm. all I'm saying is so I, I've learned to take the emotion out of those hit pieces. Mm-hmm. It's taking time. However, um, there are people in our country right now who are forced to make their kids wear a mask, moms. And they weren't used to that kind of adversity. They've been attacked. They're not used to being losing their, their or somebody out there who lost their job because they wouldn't take a shot. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. going on. And so people are, I would say, on the edge. And they're looking for a solution. Anytime, mm-hmm. somebody, if you if you keep an animal without water for a period of time, the moment it sees water or food, we have dogs. You know, they they take off and go for it right away. Right. The moment you have a, a human or a, you know a fellow human being who is um, attacked, 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 they will typically pounce on the first solution that they seem to be plausible. Mm-hmm. So right now. The trusted voices that I've seen, and I know that people are going to immediately leave comments and they're not going to agree with this 100%, but I'm just going to say three voices that I found this year in the wilderness of COVID crazy that have been very consistent in the political world. Mm-hmm. I've seen Governor Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. I've seen President Donald J. Trump. And I've seen Christy Nome of South Dakota, the governor, uh, be very consistent voices of sanity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. anti-lockdown anti-mandate you can make your own decisions kind of thing and i hope that america will flock to those kinds of voices as opposed Mm -hmm. to new voices that have shown up out of uh nowhere that um are less tried and true that um might be somewhere between erratic to opportunist Right. Well, and uh, that, that's my fear is that I see it because I'm, I, I live a little bit on Twitter as, as some of us do, a smaller yeah. influencers. And you see these random people pop up with enormous followings very quickly. And, and anytime that happens, my, my radar goes off. And then I just see what they're talking about. And I, 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 I talk, uh, 
I talk a lot about what the dialectic, the Marxist dialectic, you know, you have thesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's a lot of what I think we're seeing in society from the left, for sure. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little concerned that we'll have prescribed solutions that were always meant to be the solution uh, coming out of the problem, so to speak, if you want to talk about schools, right? Um, and I'm not sure where you stand on school choice, but it makes me a little nervous because I've seen the WF talk about school choice um, and, and kind of the unification of that. Um, so... Uh, is there anybody that you could identify yeah. that would give you concern um, uh, that that maybe we shouldn't trust? Elon Musk to me is the most concerning uh, person that people label as conservative because of many many reasons that I'm going to follow. I'm going to I'm going to fire them off for you. Give me just one second. I'm gonna yeah. Notes because yeah. I have very detailed notes here. Can we see here? Okay. Give me one second here. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we're going to go to timetofreeamerica.com, and we can click on the uh, button I have for uh, Elon Musk. Okay, we're going to click on that. I've devoted an entire button to Elon Musk. <laughs> walk you through this information. Elon Musk uh, went to the Met Gala with his then-girlfriend and uh, wore a jacket. On the back of it, it said New World Order. Um, Elon Musk is a big proponent of universal basic income. Um, Elon Musk's technology is often quoted at the World Economic Forum specifically at the World Economic Forum, when we when humans become cyborgs, presentation they referenced his technology Neuralink, which connects brains to computers. Um, Elon Musk warns us about AI, but yet he has the most uh, aggressive AI company that he he started it called OpenAI, which has received a, a tremendous amount of funding, over a billion dollars of funding from Bill Gates. Uh, Elon Musk refers to AI as summoning the demon, yet he's developing it. Elon Musk has the thirty thousand low orbit satellites on the space uh, in the air everywhere that basically make the transhumanism agenda possible. Elon Musk has built a massive, uh, large cure, uh, mRNA manufacturing facility. Elon Musk says he hopes to start putting brain chips inside human heads this year. Um, Elon Musk uh, is, this is a, a job post that still exists on neural, on his Twitter. Elon Musk posted on his own Twitter account. He posts, please consider working at Neuralink. Short term, we saw brain spine injuries, long term human AI symbiosis. Hmm. Um, Elon Musk was listed as a member of the World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders List in 2008. You know, Elon Musk, I just, there's so many things I'm worried about that I've put an <laughs> entire button to him. You can find all that research at timetofreeamerica.com. You just click on the Elon Musk button. And again, housekeeping notes, people always ask me, if you want to get a ticket to the Reawaken America Tour, you, you just request a ticket and you can just pay whatever you want to pay. We've got uh, Nashville coming up in January. And then we've got uh, uh, Branson in, in November. And I don't make a dime from these. I mention that because the media always says I make money. And mm -hmm. actually, you know, I lose money on these things. So I, I don't make money. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not getting rich off of these. And this is so, so funny. If you read the Rolling Stone article, let me tell you how, how in-depth they've gone. Mm -hmm. The mainstream media now comes to the events and they ask attendees, what did you pay for a ticket? And people are like, well, 25 75 or 100 and they they ask a few hundred people then the media comes up to me and they go mr clark we've talked to hundreds of people and it seems as the average person's paying 60 dollars. and i go well yeah and they go well we have here proof from vendors that they've been paid the sound company the lighting company the porta potties and it appears mm -hmm. you're operating at a deficit at a severe deficit. So the article, the Rolling Stone put, it makes it, I am, uh, I've bitten off more than I could chew. <laughs> so they're attacking me for not being profitable. Yeah. Whereas months before they were attacking me for being profitable, they, they, they speculated. So all I can right. say 
is anybody out there, the reason why General Flynn, uh, Cash Patel, Eric Trump, Dr. Mikevitz, Dr. Tenpenny, Dr., uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Jim Brewer, why they do these events is because they want to share the truth and they want to help save America. And that's why most of our speakers come off the stage and greet everybody. So, yeah. man, I met Jim Brewer and Eric. <laughs> a really great way to reconnect. And you can get those tickets at time to free America.com. Awesome. Well, Clay, thank you so much for being here. I know you're a very busy guy. Um, you shared some really interesting information with us. We'll talk to you soon. All right.